Well, welcome to the Deeper Dive podcast. Each week we take a deeper look at the text we covered on Sunday in worship, and we do that by discussing things like historical settings or literary context, the ways uh, others before us have read the text, and our own reflective approach to reading that same text. This podcast is a part of Calvary's Daily Connection, a place where Calvary shares something new each day to help you grow in faith. So we hope you check that out through Calvary's app or by going to Connect with Calvary dot org slash daily connection well today on the podcast we're following up on uh, some discussion from romans chapter 9 1 through 5 and uh, i think as promised we've got all kinds of other associate texts here to talk yes. about today okay. yes we do and right. before i get to the as promised um which i talked about in my sermon <laughs> that's that's what i'm here for i'm here to hold you to the as promised as, so, okay you yeah. hold that right. uh, in case i forget that but um i want to just talk about the scripture itself a little bit because i didn't do um a lot of uh, preaching on uh you know the exegeting that particular scripture but um you know that this scripture talking about Paul being his heart is broken for his people, um, and uh, for for the the Jewish people that would not accept Christ that had not accepted Christ, and all of us I think um, know someone who um, maybe um, is an atheist, agnostic, whatever, um, has walked away from the faith, and and we know that that we know that heartbreak, and that's kind of where Paul was was coming from in, in his discouragement and his angst. And um, um, and, and I just kind of wanted to, to lift that up because I didn't, I didn't do that yesterday in terms of um, how hard it had to have been for him. And yet, you know, he did a 180. Um, and so to expect the people around him to do that kind of 180, um, you know, that's, that's pretty big. Um, but but I still wanted to uh, be faithful to the text um, and just kind of lift up um, the fact that uh, that all these people that Paul had been working with all these years and, and family members, um, good friends, uh, they were all going a different direction from him. And and um, it, it just reminds me of, of people who are new Christians, and then they turn around and go, why aren't you all with me? Why aren't you all in on this? And it just takes some time. And and so I'd like mm-hmm. for, to encourage us to just keep praying for those people in our lives that um, um, that haven't accepted Christ, who um, um, maybe are are off on a different path. And I don't mean another religion; I mean just uh, not any, and are not um, are not looking at God at all. Just keep praying for them, and and uh, know that Paul didn't give up on his people either. So, do you guys have anything to add to that, add to that? No, apparently not. Yeah. No, well, no. I was just gonna say. I think it's um, it's really interesting as well to see the links that Paul really wants to to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, to the extent of even giving up the right. the goodness in Christ that he's found, he's willing to give that up in order for them to have that, and that's mm-hmm. about as far as you can go. Right. You know. Right. Um, that's right. really that. That's just profound. I think. Um, I mean, on Paul's behalf, but also right. I think he's just marrying Jesus there. And so that's also built right in, you know, to the DNA of what it means to desire for someone else to have this means that you might have to give something up, mm-hmm. you know, as a part of that. I think mm-hmm. that's, um, yeah, it's that's always, big. yeah, <laughs> it's always interesting. Yeah. 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 Okay. Then as we switch gears a little bit, <clears throat> um, 
I was talking yesterday about discouragement, and I said that I would lift up um, folks in Scripture that were discouraged, and and uh, Randy and Isaac may uh, share some of their own um, um, stories of discouragement. Uh, but, you know, yesterday I talked about um, the Israelites and, and um, um, going across the desert and, and how discouraged they must have gotten, and, and, you know, they wouldn't have known necessarily that they weren't going to make it. Um, they were... You know, and when you're in that journey, obviously you don't know when you're going to die. You don't know how much further you have to go. All that kind of stuff. They don't have a GPS that says, you know, three more miles. You will enter in. You know, uh, you will arrive at 10:43 a.m. Um, so, um, you know, the one of the things that uh, uh, Scripture says is uh, in Numbers 21:4 is the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. <laughs> uh, I think that's a, a probably an understatement. Um, and and you know that whole that whole uh, that whole scripture many many scriptures about that is always um, entertaining to me when I'm not the one in the desert, you know. Right. Um, right. Um, give me manna. Uh, give me well, not manna, but yeah. give me something other than you know I should have stayed back there. Yeah. Um, I'm always fascinated how the the wandering in the wilderness account gets. Um, gets appropriated or pulled back into the regular worship life of Israel. Mm-hmm. So every every year mm-hmm. they have a week where they basically build tents outside and live mm-hmm. in these tents. They, I mm-hmm. mean, they do that still today yeah. in, in Israel and all over the world, um, where they remember how difficult it was, but also how, um, you know, in the middle of that, how freeing that can be and how, mm-hmm. how much you can find out about yourself and about others, you know, when you're in that, mm-hmm. in that, in that moment. But they, they built that into their regular cycle of worship. It's not something that they just went, Oh, we've been through that. Thank goodness. Right. You know, we don't have to deal with that anymore. Right. It's a continual kind of a thing that helps them, I think, reinterpret and redefine present experiences in light of mm-hmm. past experiences. And it's something again, that's baked right into their normal routine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not something that they just kind of go, well, we got through this and now let's move on to something else. Right. Like this is the something else. Right. This kind mm-hmm. of, you right. know, continual retelling of uh, that, um, that disappointment and how that gets turned around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, they also, uh, I, I was thinking about the Passover celebration that uh, continues to be a part of their worship and that, uh, um, in some sense, we as Christians for Holy Week reflect on our remembrance of that significant event for us as Christians. Um, but as I as I watch the church now for almost well over sixty years, uh, sometimes uh, I wonder how much we value what we've learned from our past. Mm-hmm. Uh, are some of those journeys or some of those experiences and and. Uh, you know, I, I'm getting older, and I recognize that. I remember uh, Bishop Palmer. He and I are the same age. We used to always talk about how oh, we're just getting old, I guess. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, sometimes I, I I think about even the journeys individual churches have been through over their years. That somehow they don't lose that history. Uh, not that it ha- the church has today. Be, be, the church yeah. today has to be controlled by that, but more remembering. Some of those things is helpful for us in, in lots of different ways. There are still lessons learned. Uh, I, 
we seem to repeat the same mistakes over and over, so I don't know how well we learned those lessons. Yeah. But I think uh, for the children of Israel, it was a remembrance of God's strength and promise. Um, and in that, there seems to be power uh, to fight this thing of discouragement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I reflect on uh, um, reflect on God's faithfulness many times over the years, and I'm getting better at that. The longer I live, the uh, the more I stay in His presence. The more I reflect on His faithfulness in the past, and that's a key part that the children. I call them the children, <laughs> the children of Israel, I think taught us, um, and uh, hopefully we're still from our own lives or maybe from the lives of our churches, although we're such a, a transient group at this point, uh, we don't seem to have those deep roots that certainly the children have, um, or even sometimes that 40 years ago maybe we had. Um, so we search more, I think, for something to reflect back on to say, well, God was faithful to me here. Um, you know, this is, uh, that was then, this is now, but I remember God's power and strength, and it worked outside of the box I thought, mm-hmm. um, and, and to learn from those things. Yeah, I, I think, you know, we can remember events. That's different than uh, remembering in a way that um, helps us to see yeah, God's grace was there. God, God walked us through that, and the same God that did that is is here today. Um, you were talking about remembering the history of the church. That doesn't mean having church historians that write things down and put them in a cabinet somewhere. That means uh, remembering God's faithfulness and and from where we have come. Um, I uh, served a church. Go ahead, Isaac. You're going to say no, something. no, keep going. I served a church. Um, a few churches ago, that um, we ran out of space and had to relocate and rebuild, and and um, some people in the church were just devastated because that church had that building had been the only building they knew, and I reminded them of the faithfulness of the people that had gone on before them, the people that started that church in a in a house just like Calvary was started at home, and um, the faithfulness of the people that that built the first building on another site. And the faithfulness of the people that built the next building on another site. Um, and, and it's not about the building. It's about the faithfulness of the people that saw a vision. Um, and I, I wonder um, how often we reflect on that, even even during Holy Week. I mean, we try really hard to, to not just um, remember events, <clears throat> but re- remember who God is in those events and who, he, who God still is now. But I wonder how many times we just remember the events. Um, and not the the presence and promises of God in the midst of that. Yeah, yeah, and I think the, the you know that that word remember um, that's a mm-hmm. that's kind of a tricky a tricky word. I think right. we often run to um, recreating you know mm-hmm. the past that we think that remembering is about recreating a, a specific point in time, mm-hmm. um, which you know ultimately is just foolishness. Mm-hmm. You you can't do that. There's mm-hmm. no way to even make it happen. But you know, when we when we say we want to honor uh, tradition or, or remember well, you know, part of our first gut instinct, I think, is to go back and make it like it was, make it today like it was yeah. back then, and that's not the heart of it um, either. And and you know, in the at the very center of our worship experience as Christians is uh, it's communion, it's the Lord's Supper, it's the Eucharist, which is an act of remembrance, but it's not an act of recreating 
the past. We don't or just cru- recalling. We don't crucify Jesus all right. over again. <clears throat> you know, we don't um, we don't recreate the Last Supper mm-hmm. in the upper room. You know, like we talk about even on on Monday Thursday, we don't we don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't recreate a seder. We don't recreate these things. Um, we what we do is we fuse this past and present and future together uh, in an act of remembrance, which mm-hmm. is I think. You know, unfortunately, that verb remember has too many connotations that point backward right. and don't point around and forward as right. well, because that is really the, I think, the heart of that verb is to say, how does this way back there, how does this right here, and how does this in the future, how does that all swirl together, together and and create something that is bigger than the present, bigger than the past, bigger than the future, and we, um, we miss that an mm-hmm. awful lot because we're trying to uh, either contain it here or contain it back there or uh, only long for it, you know, mm-hmm. in the future over there. So it's a really, um, it, it's, a, it's very nuanced and mm-hmm. it's very, um, but, but I think when you kind of stumble into that and are, are aware of that, I think it's very rich. I think it's very meaningful. Yeah, I, I think um, we don't have an, a good English word for that. No, we don't. We All don't. we have is remember, <laughs> and that mm-hmm. that very often means recall. Yeah. Um, when yeah. we um, at at confirmation at um, membership, if someone's already been baptized, we say remember your baptism and be thankful. Yeah. And um, if I'm at, if I'm doing this with like confirmands. I will especially talk to them about that. We're not asking you to recall this. You, if you were baptized as a baby, you can't recall it in terms of bringing mm-hmm. up a memory. Um, but it's a deeper sense of remember whose you are and remember who God is and who God will continue to be in your life. Um, but right. we just don't have a good English word. Um, anamnesis is is a, a word that we don't use in a sentence every day. Uh, yeah, maybe we should though. I mean, maybe yeah. we should. Let's start doing that. <laughs> <right>. Anamnesis, <clears throat> uh, which um, which is that kind of remembering yes. in the midst of and re- exactly right. what that's you were just the, talking yeah, about. That's Isaac. the Greek word for what we typically translate as remember. Right, yeah. right. Yep. And it's just unfortunate that we don't have a good word for that. You know. So, um, Randy, are you? You look like you're ready to say something, or no? You just have that look on your face. I must have just had a look on my face. Okay. Okay. He's got a look. I was rem- it was my remembrance look. <laughs> You're remembering. Yeah. And just I my- just had, th- I was just, my mind was just running through story after story after story after story of churches who wanted to remember. And I was thinking about the, the, the phrase, remember the good old days. Well, the um, reality was is that the good old days weren't any better than the day. We that's just, right. in history, everything always looks a little bit that's better. Right. Right. Uh, and um, That's a cool thing about being a pastor is that when you leave a church, uh, people look back, at least in my experience, they look back on, on me as being a better pastor than I ever was in the day. Sure, so yeah. that's awesome. Right. You know, I, right. you know, I could be a superstar after the event. Of course. You know, so yeah. that's yeah. Lots of conversations with churches that wanted wanted the perfect person to come in and take them back oh. to the days when they had two hundred people in worship. And right. uh, one of the things I uh, I said, well, you remember what got you there? Huh? Let's push it back a little bit further. And that's when you started that church in that house uh, that you all were so excited about Christ. You began to invite everybody mm-hmm. to come be a part of that, and then you lost that. So if we want to remember some of those things, let's remember some of the real essence mm-hmm. of what those things were about. 
If I were to, there, I think there's only one change that I would make if I were to live my life over again, and that change would be to keep a journal of the God moments in my life, the transformational moments, and have a have a time or times in my family where we went over those. Not yeah. just said, remember when this happened, right. but let's look at the ways in which God has, is, and will continue mm-hmm. to be active in our lives. You know, um, I've said that for years. I don't know why I didn't just start writing things down, but um, we forget. Um, and uh, but we, but our spirit doesn't forget. That builds. Um, you know, there's a. Uh, I think it's a sermon illustration that I've seen uh, over and over again uh, about. Um, you know, does a pastor preach a good sermon? Uh, and a pastor's been there a long time. Well, I'm not sure I remember a specific sermon. Well. Do you have good nutrition in your life? Do you remember a specific meal that you ate in your childhood that that um, uh, made you into the strong person you are? No, they all come together and form and um, um, build on each other. So even though we can't in our mind recall those experiences, they build to to um, um, hopefully develop us into the Christians that uh, that God has molded us to be, has, has created us to be. There's, there's something there that uh, when we experience life in whatever form it is and uh, God um, does God's thing, is uh, I found oftentimes I don't stop long enough to process right. what, what I was just taught. Mm-hmm. And I found oftentimes I relearn the lesson when the same experience has a different face to it but in the core, whether it's about finances or relationships, in its core, it's the same thing. And sometimes I've had to learn those lessons two or three times before I've ever put it together um, to learn from it and maybe either not make the same mistake or at least not dwell on it nearly as long as I have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Sometimes those scars that we carry can be reminders of of who God is, was, and will be. Mm-hmm. I talked about that at, in at least one of my sermons on Sunday. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, that I have uh, I have several scars on my leg, um, and um, that's not to um, say, "Wow, look at what I've been through. Look at what I did." Is right. to remember yeah. who God was mm-hmm. in the midst of that, and who God continues to be in the midst of that. As well as just a miracle of bones healing. Wow, that's amazing. That you know that kind of stuff can yeah. happen. Well, we've got uh, something from Israel's history in the desert. You got any, uh, what else you got? Oh, oh yeah, uh, I, yeah, I have um, more stuff. Sorry, yep, I, we got kind of stuck. I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's your job. That's my job. Yeah, yep. hold my feet to the fire. Um, how about, well, Job is an obvious one, okay? Um, it, you think he got a little discouraged? Um, my favorite line in the whole book of Job is from his wife. Curse God and die. Um, I don't know why I find that so hysterical, um, but it's you know from from an outsider reading that it's you know Job. I'm done with this. You know I lost all my kids. Curse God and die. Um, so I would say that's a that's a little bit um, uh, a little bit of discouragement. It Rachel is, also yeah. um, couldn't have children, and one day she uh, said yelled out, "Give me children or else I die." Um, speaking of curse God and I, um, and remember in those days that um, having children was a woman's job. <laughs> it, right. You know, if you didn't have children, you were kind of useless. And um, so, you know, Rachel wanted those children and that, you know, 
there are a lot of people today. That it's a different culture. It's a different um, reason that I mean, women today aren't um, um, aren't looked down upon. Well, they are sometimes, but not looked down upon if they don't have children. But you know, there's a lot of infertility, and and so you look at Rachel and think um, her pain was a little bit different. But um, you know, there's still a lot of discouragement out there around mm-hmm. just that issue. Yeah. You know? um, let's see what else. How about David? Um, he was about to be stoned by his own people, and um, um, David um, went to God. And um, um, in First Samuel thirty six says thirty chapter chapter thirty verse six says uh, David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Um, David's discouragement came when people kind of turned on him, and um, um, you know when when people you think are your friends turn and um um that's difficult and so david found his encouragement in the lord and that's where you can see the psalms are just yeah, awesome that guy's always always discouraged that's right yeah. that's right that's right <laughs> either happy happy or discouraged, discouraged. <laughs> that's yeah. right and, and yeah. as you look at the psalm i love i love to read the psalms because um yeah. they start you know very often, I mean, they're, they're not all the same, but very often it starts with, you know, a praise, and then he goes into this, he just pours his heart out, and oh, life is bad, and yada, 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 oh, you know, woe is me, but comes back to, but God, you are to be praised. Um, sure. I, yeah. I, sometimes he doesn't either. <laughs> that's right. Sometimes he doesn't. That's right. That's right. And sometimes yeah. he doesn't start with praise. That's right. But yeah. I love those yeah. psalms in which he, yeah. he comes around and goes, yeah, life is tough, but you are God, right? Yeah. Um, so I, those are those are some of my favorite ones. Um, Nehemiah <clears throat> was so sad that King Artaxerxes uh, questioned him. Uh, Nehemiah was down because he. This text says he saw the work of the Lord going backward, um, and um, so you know that's a, that's another one of those uh, biblical examples. Yeah, he had quite a task. I mean, he oh, was. Oh gosh. He was uh, Israel had been conquered by Babylon and had been kicked out of Jerusalem. There were a few people left. They didn't really care to live there, mm-hmm. quite honestly. And mm-hmm. he was sent back to build this wall, right, mm-hmm. to reestablish Jerusalem, and nobody wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and um, didn't have a lot of resources, didn't have a lot of, um, oh, initiative, I guess, mm-hmm. by the people, uh, people around him. And so mm-hmm. very, very mm-hmm. discouraged. Oh, but, yeah. But Jerusalem's there today. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, there we could go on and on in biblical mm-hmm. stories. Do you guys have any any stories of discouragement in your own lives that um, in which you have seen God bring you through or or learn from? I, what I probably, well, I'm sure there are. I um, uh, I, I remember he was uh became our superintendent early in my ministry after my superintendent died of cancer that was frank nestler and uh frank and i must have looked tired or something one day when he was by and he says you know randy he says i've quit the ministry 400 times he said i just never got around to telling anybody about it <laughs> and so i I think that's true in a lot of in a lot of places is that we might get discouraged. Our hope and prayer is, I really think God's word for the day is, do not grow weary in doing good. And uh, I think there's a lot of that going on. I think there's a lot of uh, I'm concerned about that as I see uh, 
lay folks who are just worn out in the church doing and back away. Mm-hmm. Uh, do not grow weary. And do, I, I see the same thing in clergy with the number of clergy that we have that uh, out of our classes that started when we were ordained, how many are actually left mm-hmm. when we've run that race. And I think to acknowledge discouragement is, is – uh, and to be open about it is one of the keys. We we as Christians try to put on the front we do. Uh, about how good we are, and the reality is is that it, life is life, mm-hmm. uh, and we need to help each other find ways to be encouraged uh, rather than discouraged, as at least as I look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I when I find myself discouraged, I find myself just turning to the Word. Mm-hmm. I find myself in honesty with God because He knows anyway what I'm thinking, mm-hmm. and just being honest with Him, and oftentimes just sitting and saying, "Help me," mm-hmm. um, as I deal with whatever those discouragements might be, whether that's church or family or um, never your wife, but yeah, other yeah, family members. Never my wife. No, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think, you know, all of us, all of you who are listening, all of us can uh, look at those moments, but I just want us to remember that um, in the midst of it, um, um, God is still God. and God is faithful. Yeah. And, God is and, faithful. And it's okay to um, uh, shake our fist at God once in a while and say, you know, what is going on here? Because God can handle that. Um, you know, Tony Campalo, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, was, it was a line... Lord, what, 30 years ago or longer? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it's one of the places that uh, I often return to. And, and I think it's sometimes it's helpful for us to have a little pool of resources mm-hmm. ahead of time. If we wait till we get into that discouragement right. mode and our pockets are empty, our, our souls are empty mm-hmm. or minds are empty or whatever uh, – I, mean, I do some preparation. If I'm traveling, I make sure I have a little money in my pocket. Mm-hmm. If I'm walking through this world, it would be well for us to pull a little of a God's resource of encouragement or strength in our pockets because we never know when those moments might hit us in, in a really big way. And so I have some – I well, for me, it's just been Scripture memory, but I, mm-hmm. uh, I don't remember – as well as I used to, but I, I know that it's there. So I often go to Randy's translation. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. it's those things that uh, that keep me strong and, and, and going no matter what the circumstances are. Yeah. Um, it's always important, too, to, to recognize that it's, it's fully appropriate in the biblical sense to be – um, well, I don't know any other word for it, pissed off about um, <laughs> your situation and to speak about that right. with God and with God's people. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, there is no prohibition on that. In fact, it's encouraged. And so the last place that you should feel um, not welcomed in your complaint to God is with God and with God's people. And unfortunately, I think in the church, we've flipped that around and we've said, Mm -hmm. this is no room for uh, your complaint about your circumstances. This is no, there's no room here for your doubt. There's no room here for your disenchantment. Um, We can't have that here. The carpet's too, too pretty for that. Yeah. And that's not the case that's at true. all. Um, it's it's just not the case. It's just not true. Mm-hmm. And um, I think when people 
um, we need to remind ourselves of mm-hmm. that. I mean, we need to remember uh, that that this is a place to do that. The Bible, Absolutely. the Bible is full of that in a in a uh, a prescriptive sense, so to speak. And so, um, you know, that's part of that's a part of who we are as Christians. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and if we're going to be a, a true church and we're going to be true to the body of Christ, we've got to bring our whole selves, not not mm-hmm. edit them before we get here. And right. and sometimes people will stop coming, or at least for a season, because um, because they don't they can't hold in that discouragement or or that angst. Yeah, um, people will say to me. Well, if I come to church, I'm just going to cry. And I say, well, that's a safe place to do it. It's okay if you sit in, in church mm-hmm. and cry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also really okay to allow members of the body um, to um, to walk with us through that those difficult times. And, and um, that's why I like for people, a tiny plug here, that's why I like for people to be in, in smaller groups. Um, and I'm not saying small groups right now, although, you know, if you hear that, that's great. Um, but to be in a Bible study, to be in, in something in which you can actually speak to people mm-hmm. right. um, and, uh, and share that. So that's, real, that's crucial, you know. All right. Well, our time is up for today. And uh, we're glad that you're listening. We'd love to keep the discussion going with you. Uh, if you have questions or comments to add to the discussion, you can do that by following the link in the Calvary app. Or if you're listening on the web, you'll find comments there or on Facebook or wherever you find uh, wherever you find this, we'll, we'll find you. <laughs> uh, and next week, we'll be back um, with a deeper dive into... Uh, it's just slipped my mind here for a minute. What are you doing next what week, are Randy? We? Uh, we're I'm still in Romans. Still in yeah, Romans. It's Romans. Uh, Romans 10. Talking about words of assurance. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Romans 10. Uh, Romans 10 and 1 John 5, 11 and 12. That's right. And I want to talk about, you know, assurance. And I, I have a book that's still laying on my desk, How Good Do We Have to Be? And I, I mm. may actually, if I can find it this week, mm-hmm. get take some moments to read. Because yeah. I think that's... Not a, very. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. But I, I think that's a burning question. It's just mm-hmm. how good do I have to be yeah. in today's world. So. All right. Well, we'll pick that up next week. And until then, grace and peace. Peace.